Pick your Bibles up. That's our custom around here. Lift them up, wave them around, make Jesus glad and the devil mad. Let's say this together. Say, Heavenly Father, I'm so glad for this message tonight. You have it just with my name on it. And I have my receiver open and tuned in to heaven. And I believe I receive revelation knowledge that will change my life, make me more productive for the kingdom in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Let's turn to the book of Hebrews tonight. And uh, we've got uh, two verses, one in chapter 7, one in chapter 8. They're right across from each other, so it's easy to look at. Uh, Hebrews 7, verse 22 and it says, by so much was Jesus made a surety or a guarantor of a better testament or covenant, a better covenant. And then it reinforces that in chapter 8, verse 6. But now hath he, that is Jesus, obtained a more excellent ministry by how much also he is the mediator of a better covenant, which was established upon better promises. And so a message tonight is entitled, Our Better Covenant. You know, our covenant with God is better, better than the covenant uh, under which Israel functioned. Uh, you know, I want to remind you that 2023, uh, God gave me the beginning of the year, actually the end of last year, that 2023 is the year of God's power. And uh, I want to take uh, frequent note of the new covenant because that is the source of our power. We're, covenant, we're, uh, we're in covenant with Almighty God, who's the source of all power. And so, we're, you know, when we're facing difficulties, it's good to know that we have a covenant not only with God, but it's a better covenant than the one in the Old Testament. When I read my Bible in 1 Corinthians 10, it says that all of the Old Testament is written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the age have come. And certainly, if that's true back 2,000 years ago when Corinthians was written, how much more true is it now? The end of this age, the church age he's talking about, is coming upon us more and more. And I, I like to use uh, the Old Testament to spur me on to what's available in the New because it's even better. It's better than what they had. When I, when I read these wonderful testimonies of miracles in the Old it's not just to celebrate that. It's to, to spur me on to believe God for the greater miracles that we have a right to under the new covenant. And so getting back to the book of Hebrews, I just want to remind you of this too. Uh, the theme of the book of Hebrews is Jesus is better. <laughs> See, right here we just got through reading. He talked about better uh, in the fact that he was a better high priest than Aaron, see? So he's better than Aaron. He's better than the angels. He's better than Moses. Uh, he's better. <laughs> Our covenant is better. And, uh, and so just think about the wisdom and, and mercy of God. I mean, he, he, he did not leave us without power. He knew, he knew we were going to face giants. You know, Israel faced giants and uh, they were afraid of them, <laughs> you know. But we don't have to be afraid of giants, the giants that we face. Uh, I think about David, you know, they were afraid of the giants 
uh, when they went into the promised land. And then 400 years later, here comes David and they still facing giants and they were still afraid of giants. <laughs> and Goliath had them all scared. They were all hiding behind rocks, you know, and they were, they were trying to, you know, not be in his line of sight. And he was out there cursing them and, and, uh, trash talking them. I think that'd be modern parlance for what he was saying. And, uh, but he faced Goliath unafraid. Why? Because he knew he was in covenant with God. And we have a greater covenant than David. You know, if David can face Goliath, we can face our Goliaths. We can face them down and defeat them. Not just face them, but defeat them. So why? Why, why was he successful when all the rest of these guys were hiding? Well, he was steadfast in his covenant. He already, as a young teenager, he's what, 17? 18 maybe years old, but he had already tested the worth of his covenant out there when he's protecting his dad's sheep. He's out there watching somebody else's sheep. He doesn't even have ownership of it. And when the, when the lion came up to take one of the sheep, he said, no way. When the bear came up, no way. He killed both of them. I mean, why did he do that? How did he do that? Because he was a big boy? No, he wasn't big, physically big. He, listen, I don't know anybody big enough to kill a, a lion or a bear. I mean, they've pretty well got the mastery over human beings. I mean, they're extremely uh, strong and agile. So how did he do it? He did it because he knew he was in covenant with Almighty God. Oh, my goodness, what the value of that power and we need that power. We need that power right here in the 21st century in the year 2023 because we're facing some giants and, uh, and we're not going to be afraid. Yeah, so, uh, so here we had, when you go back and read uh, the story uh, of David and, and Goliath, I mean, this, this, this giant is out there defying you know, Israel's army. And guess what David did? David didn't say, you're, you're out here defying the armies of Israel. He said, you're, out, you're defying the armies of the living God. You know, he switched and he arrayed the battle and, and put the devil or, or, or Goliath rather against God, not just against men. And so that's the other secret is that know, know this, that whatever giant you're facing, whether it's a giant in your health or a giant uh, in your finances or a giant in your marriage or a giant with your children and something is attacking you. Listen, I'm, they're not after just you. They're not just after that thing. They're after God. They're after God's covenant. They're trying to dishonor him. So if you'll array the battle that way, it'll help you get the victory. Praise God. And so, uh, you know, just make sure that when you run against the, no, don't ever run from a giant. Always run toward him and have your mouth open speaking God's word. Don't, I mean, listen, you don't, don't hold back. God's word is, 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 is called, uh, uh, the sword of the spirit. It, and that word sword is dagger there in Ephesians chapter six. It's the, it's the only offensive, uh, uh, part of the armor of God that we have. It's offensive weapon used and it's, it's used in hand-to-hand -hand combat. You know, you're going to have to get kind of down and dirty with, with the enemy sometimes. I say, I would say the devil, but we, we rarely, 
we rarely fight the devil himself. I've been talking about this Sunday morning. We talk, we, you know, he has, he has uh, his hierarchy. He's got demon powers and so forth that he delegates a lot of his, uh, they're, they're, they're the troublemakers. But regardless of who you're facing, whether it was the devil himself, we don't have to be intimidated because we have power that's associated with our better covenant. You know, um, in Galatians 3, we covered this recently, but it, it bears going back there in our Bibles and get it in front of you. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law because he, because he hath <clears throat> uh, being made a curse for us as it, as it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You know, technically, every man, woman, and child on the earth has been redeemed from the curse, even though they're walking in it. Most people are. But it only comes, on, the redemption only comes through Christ. We only have access through the blessings through Christ. And so, uh, he redeemed us from the curse. And yet, David's covenant, and under that covenant, he he. He had many miracles. Again, he, did, he killed the lion. He killed the bear. He killed Goliath. He had many victories in battle. And uh, how was it? His covenant had curses for, for sin. When he, got, when he was disobedient to his covenant, there were curses attached to that covenant which was true of all of Israel. I mean, when they got off on the wrong side of, of the covenant, they, they reaped the curses. But uh, our covenant is a better covenant found upon better promises. We have no curses. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse of the law can't touch us. <laughs> In fact, Ephesians 1, 3 says, we've been blessed with all the spiritual blessings that heaven itself enjoys <laughs> in Christ. And so Jesus took all the curses for us. You know, when people are, I've, I've encouraged people before when they were going through a, a tough time. We all go through tough times. We all have giants. We all have things that come against us. And I encourage people, you know, why don't you just go to Deuteronomy 28 verses 14 through 66 and read all the curses. Read all the curses that we've been redeemed from. Because <laughs> those are the curses that came with disobedience to the, to the first covenant, the, the law. Whenever they got sideways, whenever they got dropped out with God, didn't do what God told them, they started reaping curses. And so you start reading those, well, how many, you know, 50, 52 verses of curses on there. <laughs> you know, that's all the ones we've been redeemed from. We're exempt from. We've got a get out of jail free card already. <laughs> so just a few examples here. Verse 22 is consumption, which could be uh, fever, inflammation, consumption. Consumption could be pneumonia. It could be COPD. It could be, you know, any kind of uh, asthma. Uh, you, you've been redeemed from it. Verse 24, drought. Drought has to do with, with hunger and, and financial ruin. Uh, verse 30, marriage trouble, financial trouble. Verse 35, arthritis. Verse 41, not enjoying your kids. Yeah, 
Yeah, if you've got trouble with your kids, that's a curse and written in verse 41 in Hague. We've been redeemed from that curse. We have the right to have peace in our homes. <laughs> and so, uh, and then it says every sickness that's not listed. See, what if you don't find your particular situation in, in those verses in Deuteronomy 28? It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, you've been redeemed from trouble. You've been redeemed from it. He bought you out from underneath it. Glory to God. <laughs> oh, I think we ought to lift our hand right now. Father is so, our father, I tell you, always takes care of us in grand style. Grand style. I, I know there's trouble in the world. I mean, we see stuff all the time, every time you turn around, and then you're experiencing it. When you go to the, when you go to the gas station, when you go to the store, when you go anywhere and spend money, when you see your bills pile up, when you, I mean, inflation is real. And, uh, but listen, I mean, that doesn't hinder. We have God's economy that we can tap into. We don't have to be limited by uh, what's going on in the world. So <clears throat> I just got four things tonight. When you face a giant, uh, let's learn from Israel's troubles. Because 1 Corinthians 10 said that all of these things that are written in the Old Testament are written for our admonition or our teaching or our warning uh, upon whom the ends of the age have come. So let's let's. Let's not, have to, let's not have to learn by our own experience. Let's let, let's let David teach us a few things. Let's let Saul teach us a few things. Let, let's let all the Old Testament folks that made mistakes and, and walked in the curses for a certain period of time, let's learn, learn from their mistakes. And so the first one that we want to see, let's turn over to Psalm 78. In uh, Psalm 78 here. I want to start with this verse here in Psalm 78 to point out something about Israel. The psalmist wrote in verse 41, Yea, they turned back, talking about Israel, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They limited God. You know, we, you know if, we're not, if we're not diligent, we can limit God by by. A, uh, not learning from Israel's mistake. So the first thing that we need to think about in, uh, is found in verse uh, 40, uh, verse uh, uh, 36, 78, 36. It says in uh, that verse, nevertheless, they, Israel, did flatter him with their mouth and they lied unto him with their tongues. For their heart was not right with him, neither were they steadfast in his covenant. So the first thing that we need to learn is to obey the love of God. The only commandment. See, they had commandments. They had a long list of things that they had to fulfill. They had the law. They had the dietary law. They had all the, the laws of, of sacrifice. They had, they had to keep Shabbat. They, they, had, they had to keep the feast days. They had so many uh, laws that they could trespass on. And then they could, and if they didn't do everything just right, they would walk in the curse. But for us, the only commandment that we have is the, is the love commandment. <laughs> That's all. He just wants us to obey love. So obey the love of God. Put God first. We're to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, all our strength. Put God first. He's the number one at the top of the list. And sometimes, you, you know, you've got to put God above your friends. Sometimes, sometimes you have to put God above 
Maybe the approval of a spouse. Sometimes, you know, for you to obey God, sometimes you've got to take a stand that maybe in the short term, maybe your spouse doesn't agree with it. Maybe your kids don't like it. Listen, I'm telling you, we need to obey the love of God and, and keep him first, honor him. And then, of course, the second part of that love command is to love others as ourselves. We have to walk in love toward others. That's our only commandment. And uh, so, but here, uh, Romans 12, 9 says, let your love be without dissimulation. In other words, don't be a fake. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't, don't put a love uh, uh, look on your face when inside you're really, you don't mean it. See, there's a lot of that kind of fake stuff. Now, God, see, they flattered them, God, with their tongue, but they didn't mean it. See, they didn't really love God. They didn't really put him first. They, they cared about themselves first and foremost. <laughs> they put themselves first all the time. And as soon as things went south, as soon as things were tough, they murmured and complained. That, you know, when you do that, you're showing that you don't really love God or trust him much either. You know, you're complaining all the time. Man, you know, <laughs> which brings me to point number two. Uh, remember God's faithfulness. Count your blessings. That's what the old timers used to say. Count your blessings. I mean, if you think about all the ways that God has seen you through every difficulty. When was the last time you faced a giant and God helped you overcome? Why don't you think about that? Why don't you thank him? Thank him that he's available to you 24-7. He never goes on vacation. He's never, he never has an answering machine. <laughs> Have you ever been on one of these long voicemails? <laughs> you know, you just keep, you know, press one. You know, and then da-da-da-da-da-da, press two. You know, it takes 30 minutes to get to the right person. No, God is always available. <laughs> he's 24-7. He, he's, he's hearing you. Uh, and this is found in verse 42 and 43. It says, Israel remembered not his hand nor the day when he delivered them from the enemy, how he had wrought his signs in Egypt and his wonders in the field of Zoan. I mean, they forgot that as soon as they got out of Egypt while they were on their way to the promised land. Well, actually, while they were walking and they got stopped at the Red Sea, they had already forgotten all the miracles when they came to the Red Sea. Oh, no, you brought us out here to die. And boy, when they turned around and saw Pharaoh's army coming, galloping toward them, they really did. They all panicked. No, let's remember God's faithfulness. Let's count our blessings. Let's be filled with gratitude. You know, gratitude and praise just makes it very hard for you to have a pity party. <laughs> I mean, if you tend to be, if that's the way you tend to be right now in your growth, you know, you know, you know, you need to grow past that. Well, just start plugging in a lot more praise. I mean, you just need to spend more time praising God and quit dwelling on the trouble and quit dwelling on the problem. I mean, you know, God will show you your way of, of escape. But spend some time magnifying him, which brings me to number three. <laughs> uh, number three, watch your confession. I'm talking about some things you can do when you face a giant. These are, these are learning from Israel's mistakes. Watch your confession. Watch your, what, what's coming out of your mouth. Whatever you magnify will be magnified. Look at verse 19. 
Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for the people? Woo! Wow! <laughs> Verse 30, uh, 21, therefore the Lord heard this and was wroth. He was enraged. You want to make God mad, start questioning his ability. <laughs> Man, that's one thing to question his willingness. That's usually out of ignorance. When people question God's willingness, it's usually out of ignorance of his will. And so that doesn't make God near as bad as when we think can God? <laughs> Listen, God can do anything but lie. I mean, there's nothing too hard for the Lord. I mean, they, they forgot that so fast. They forgot. So watch your confession. Whatever you magnify will be magnified. Whatever you're talking about. Stop talking death. Stop talking poverty. Stop talking uh, about your children and your trouble with them. Stop talking about your troubled marriage. Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. Stop talking. Watch your confession. Make sure that what comes out of your mouth, it lines up with God's word. And, uh, you know, eventually, as you put these things into place, the giant that you're facing will fall like all the rest did. Now, he's not your first giant, and he won't be your last. But uh, listen, these kind of things come, and God doesn't send them. It just comes with the territory. It comes with living in this world. And, uh, and so we, we know. Let's, I mean, when you want to picture that giant, picture him falling down, uh, just like Goliath did. I mean, he collapsed. When that stone hit him in the head, <laughs> I mean, that stopped him in his tracks. <laughs> and David went up and cut his head off with his own sword. Man, I'm telling you, wow. <laughs> Run toward the giant. Don't ever run from the devil. Run, run toward him and hurl the word of God and the name of Jesus toward him and watch him fall. Amen. Our better covenant. It's all based on our better covenant. Lift your hands and receive tonight. I know you might not have heard anything new, but you got some fresh encouragement. And I just encourage you. I speak over you that you're a victor. I speak over you that you're an overcomer. Uh, and there's nothing too hard that our God, who's cut the covenant with us. He's cut the covenant with us through Jesus. And so we've got the mighty God on our side. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord.